This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. Tom Jacob on the other side of the glass. We will chat with them about a few things later on in the program. But no guests tonight. Phone lines are wide open. It is me and you, the Ty Butler Show, right here on 98.7 ESPN. And we will start with a little potpourri. So the Yankees back in action tonight looking to and a two-game losing streak. So here's how it's gone so far for the boys in the Bronx. Five straight wins, including a sweep of the New York Mets. Then Thursday, they go to Oakland, score 13 runs. Since then, they've put up two runs, two runs, one run, and no runs tonight. That was one win, two losses, and they are scoreless in Oakland right now as they head to the bottom of the second inning. It is Frankie Montas against Jose Suarez. I said Oakland. It is Los Angeles. They were just in Oakland. They are in Los Angeles tonight taking on a guy who uh, is on the roster, should finish second in the MVP, Shohei Otani, to Aaron Judge. But that's a conversation. I've beaten that dead horse. Yankees, we will keep you posted on that. Big series just because you had started to see some momentum building after, you know, everything felt like it was falling apart, got the ship back sailing, but since then they've lost two straight games to a, a really bad Oakland team. You don't want to continue to lose ground in that race. That is, yeah, you're still alive in with the Houston Astros for the best record in the American League, but we will keep you posted on the Yankees. Big start for Frankie Montas tonight. Still hasn't impressed us the way that we would have hoped had, you know, he come out there and, and dominated the Mets. It was a game he won, but struggling in every inning, there's still a lot of trepidation attached to his name. So looking forward to seeing him hopefully uh, get on the right track tonight, not just in the win column, but going out there and looking dominant. The Mets are off tonight, but they welcome the Dodgers for a three-game series starting tomorrow night. It will be Taiwan Walker on the mound for the Mets against Andrew Heaney. Remember Andrew Heaney? He's got a 1.94 ERA. Why is that alarming? Because he was a Yankee last year. Didn't come close to that. 7.32 ERA. Where was that Andrew Heaney who pitched for the Yankees last night? But it will be Walker versus Heaney tomorrow at City Field. Big three-game series for the Mets. A little bit of a litmus test because, you know, in order for them to win the title this year, uh, most of us would surmise got to go through the Dodgers. They've clearly been the best team in baseball and, you know, dealing with some injuries right now in their rotation. Gostin's uh, landed on the I.L. Kershaw has been there for the second time this season. Uh, but the Dodgers, they just keep on winning. So a big series for the Mets, big litmus test to see how they stack up against a team that everyone considers to be right now the favorites to win the championship. And it looks like the Yankees just allowed a home run uh, to the Angels, so they're down one nothing. But the Mets start a big three-game series. We will continue to dive into you know what the expectation levels are for the, the, the Mets. I heard something early on the K-Show that I want to address as it pertains to the Mets and Yankees, just as far as which team uh, should we expect to go further this year, but we'll get on to that later on in the show. Got to start with football. I watched Jets-Giants yesterday. Now, preseason is just unwatchable. It's it's not real football. It's a bunch of guys who are, you know, give them credit. They're going out there doing everything in their power to try to make an NFL roster, reaching that ultimate goal. So it's it's nothing uh, of disrespect in that regard. But just as a football fan, it's meaningless. You don't really have time for it because 
what are we actually watching? Like, how do we sit there and evaluate the Jets' starting offense against backups? But speaking of the Jets' starting offense, pretty bad yesterday. So it brought me to this idea that has just been floating around in my mind since it was you know, pretty much announced that if Zach Wilson isn't to go in week one, the Jets are going to start Joe Flacco. My question is why? why? Why are they running Joe Flacco out there? Someone has to make the case for me that Joe Flacco is a better option at quarterback in week one for the Jets over Mike White. At least Mike White, who looked pretty damn good yesterday, gives you the opportunity to, even at the age of 27 years old, up his trade value so that later in the season, if a team is desperate and and needs his services, and I get it's far-fetched, but it's on the table that maybe he can play well enough to serve as a a bit of a trade asset or a trade piece. You're not getting multiple first or second round picks for him, but to just build up his value to some degree where he becomes a little bit of an asset going forward. I, I just don't understand. And again, someone make the case for me. If you're a Jet fan out there, how is it logical? How is it rational? How does it make sense for them to start Joe Flacco if Zach Wilson isn't able to be out there a week from Sunday. And all signs point to Wilson at the very least missing the first game. I just don't get Flacco. I, like, he's, he gives them the best chance to win. Okay, a guy who's in his last 16 starts lost the last 14 of them gives them the best chance to win. I don't get it. He's, he's a corpse out there. And this idea that, well, he knows the AFC North division very well. Yeah, when he played there four years ago and got kicked out because he wasn't good enough and Lamar Jackson took his spot, someone's got to explain to me the Joe Flacco thing. I I just don't get it. The offense yesterday against the Giants, who were playing their backups, four series for the the Jets' starting offense. Four series, three points, 94 yards, 22 plays, and two turnovers, and a really bad interception from Flacco where he's staring at a receiver down, running out of the pocket, and throws a pick six. I don't understand it. I like it's gonna drive me crazy watching Joe Flacco in Week One because I'm actually pretty excited. And I know it sounds like lunacy, Jet fan being excited about the season, right? Like, what do they do that at? I'm excited because like it just feels like the roster has improved. And I get you know there's always a, a bit of built-in optimism coming into a season where everything's brand new and you've got some shiny toys. But I feel really good about what they've been able to do upgrading the talent deficiencies on this roster it sucks and every day we get closer to week one it just stings more that Zach Wilson got hurt could we just have avoided that because the excitement level would have just reached a a different you know a a different tier but this team I'm not saying they're going to go to the playoffs that would be crazy but can they be better than they were last year when they were 4-13? and Not much to ask for. Just want to see improvement. I just want to enter a season where the expectation isn't just to, you know, not about wins and losses. Let's just see growth from the young players. So I just, I, I just wonder when's the next time that's going to be the case, where we can enter the year and be like, are the Jets a playoff team? Are they, or is it realistic to expect the Jets to make the playoffs? And same for the Giants. Because you look at the projections, like the ESPN released its preseason power rankings for 2022. The Giants are 28th and the Jets are 30th. I can't sit through another year of watching two bad football teams. And I get the like the allure of the sport and why it's, you know, 
widely considered the best in the country and it's the most popular is because you don't just have to watch your own team. Like you can get excited about just two random teams playing and when you have no rooting interest just because you love football and it's so much fun. And it's something that we've had to do as Jets and Giants fans in this city because they've literally given us nothing to watch. But at some point, can we can we get some excitement emanating from these two teams? Giants, twenty eighth in the power rankings. Jets are thirtieth. We can't we can't go through that again. So for the Giants, we, we've we've talked about it. You know, ad nauseum about Daniel Jones make it or break it year. Uh, looking forward to seeing what Brian Dable can do with the offense. The Kelly, Kenny Galladay situation to me is so mind boggling. You signed him to a big contract last year. He he was expected to come in and provide a spark desperately, not just a spark, but to be a vital piece for an offense that was so anemic. And he amasses a grand total of an impressive zero touchdowns last year. And now we're already having conversations about some some type of exit strategy for him. He's not showing effort on, on plays uh, during the preseason game against the Jets. And if the cap hit weren't so high, maybe there would be some, you know, some some option to to cut him, but that that Kenny Galladay contract. I mean, Dave Gutterman is the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> if you're someone rooting against the Giants, but if you're a Giants fan, it's like man, bring him back to fire him again because how bad was he as a GM? Just uh, just all time bad, especially if Daniel Jones doesn't work out. If if this pick doesn't pan out to be one that you would hope is your starting quarterback for the next you know five to seven years which we're trending in the direction of it not being but I mean Kenny Galladay watching this situation unfold it, it, it is just an absolute mess but for the Jets and Giants fans you know Gordon posed this question this morning and I found it very interesting and it was which fan base should be more optimistic because there are cases to be made for both teams and when we come back from break, I will tell you the cases that can be made for both the Jets and the Giants. We'll continue to take your phone calls or start to take your phone calls on the Yankees and Mets. The Yankees right now trailing in the bottom of the second inning, one nothing, out in Los Angeles, taking on the Angels. Frankie Montas again struggling. You're going to find this shocking, but Frankie Montas has given up another run. Continues to struggle. The the prized acquisition at the deadline for the Yankees. The much-needed starter to add to this rotation right with question marks. Struggling again. Continuing to keep you posted on that game. Mets, big series against the Dodgers coming up. Excited about that. We'll do some basketball as well because uh, as Dan Grossa talked about toward the end of his program, there is, I guess, a bit of news on the front, the latest on the Donovan Mitchell trade speculation and the sweepstakes and how my Los Angeles Lakers are now uh, going to be involved in that. NFL pl- player rankings came out, so there's a lot to do. We're going until midnight right here on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. What I am not saying about Mike White is that you will one day walk past him and confuse him with Aaron Rodgers. Not saying that at all. I mean, if we're being honest, last year it was one incredible game, uh, and that win against the Bengals went on to win, uh, went on to get to the Super Bowl, where the Jets beat them at home. I believe the Bengals were favored by like two touchdowns. Jets won the game on the strength of Mike White's arm, threw for 405 yards, three touchdowns, still had two interceptions, 
but he was fantastic in that game. But remove that game and, you know, the Buffalo Bills game where he, he would uh, 0 for on touchdowns and threw four picks. He, he had the first game against New England where the, the offense mustered 13 points in what was a 41-point loss. So I understand the pushback on Mike White. So this is less about a Mike White being good argument and more about I just can't watch the corpse that is Joe Flacco because he's just not good anymore and hasn't been good in years. Ask, you know, John Elway, ask the, the Baltimore Ravens, two teams that thought, you know, could use a quarterback, help us with this good defense, and had Joe Flacco and decided he wasn't good enough. So it's just watching him, I don't think he gives them the best chance to win. Uh, let's go to the phone calls. We start with Buddha in the Bronx, who best lead off tonight. Buddha, what's up? Holla at me. GB the franchise, what's good, baby? Yo, what it do, baby? You know, real quick, I'm going to get into your, your, your quarterback thing in a second, you know, but I just got to say, I mean, I was glad to see Serena Williams. You know, oh, win. yes. I don't, know how, I, I don't know how far she's going to go. You know, um, I don't even know if she's going to get past the next round. I just didn't want to see her get knocked out, you know, on her last trip at the U.S. Open in the first round. Uh, I think Gail King is still on the microphone talking. But that's a whole other story for another day. <laughs> yeah, but Serena did get the round one win tonight. I believe Wednesday evening would be uh, her second match. So congrats to Serena uh, and what is the expectation. It's her, her final uh, big tournament at the U.S. Open. So congrats to Serena getting that win tonight. Yeah, she's going up against the number two, so I don't know how that's going to work that's out. That's going to be you tough. Know, we'll be there. We'll be watching. All right, listen, you started out with the question is why is Joe Flacco um, – starting a play, and I'm going to pose another question to you, and then we're going to get into the nitty-gritty of that. Now, of the quarterbacks that you see so far in the preseason, and I, the preseason usually doesn't mean anything, but of the four quarterbacks in the Jets that you've seen play, don't tell me who you've seen who's played the best. Tell me who you've seen who's played the worst. Well, Straveler, who they, oh, Adam Schefter just um, announced or just tweeted out that uh, is going to be cut tomorrow. Straveler was the one who, I guess, in you could say played the best uh, because it was on the strength of his arm that they were unbeaten in the preseason. Uh, he led them in rushing. So I, I would say he's played the best. Now, Zach Wilson, you almost have to eliminate because we saw two series from him. Uh, but then it's between White and Flacco. I would still say it was Mike White. Mike White played better than Flacco. Listen, uh, I think you're kind of dodging the issue a little bit of what I'm saying, bro. It's like, it was a small sample size. But you got to remember this practice, this in-game scrimmages and all these different things. And clearly and horribly, Zach Wilson has played the worst out of all four of those quarterbacks. So that's your answer to why they're not playing Mike White. It's a similar thing. Like, they couldn't wait for him to implode in Buffalo. Like, Zach Wilson was going to play better there or something. They yanked him off the field. They did not want any type of quarterback controversy. That's what the situation is, bro. That's why you put Flacco in, in their minds, they know this. You put Flacco in, he's an older guy, like you said. The minute that he has a bad game or the minute that things go awry, you know, and then they can put Wilson back in there and, you know, and, and it will be a smooth transition. If they have White come in their game and any of these games start, started the season, let's say White goes two or four, you know, beats the um, Browns, beats the Steelers. They're going to have a hard time not just selling to the team. You mean two and two. To the fans. So, you, so you mean two and two. He, right? goes, he goes two and two. Right, he, goes, the... he, goes, he, goes, he goes two and two. They'll have a hard time, you know, putting Wilson back on the field 
I mean, listen, listen, bro. I mean, we could dance around this issue all we want. We could talk about how a person needs more time. Listen, dude got hurt doing the same thing on the similar play. I mean, this West Coast offense requires you to be able to hit those screen passes, to be able to hit those underneath passes. You can have all the arm talent in the world. If you're going to keep being a bird brain and thinking that you're in college and you're going to beat, you know, a linebacker to the sidelines, these, these injuries are going to continue to happen. Um, if you give Salah some truth serum, if you gave him, injected him with some truth serum, he will want a different type of a quarterback than what they got with this kid. I, I'm, you know, I hate to bash on him. I hate to be, you know, that, that, that guy. But we, we're going to sit here for the next three years, and we're going to hope he gets better. We're going to hope he's improved. We're going to hope, you know what's going to happen, bro? It's going to be ups and flows. It's going to be ups and downs because Come that's on. the kind of game that he plays. I it's can't, the truth, bro. You know it. So what do your eyes tell you? No, but here's the thing. So first of all, I think it's too early to talk about him being a bust, which you, you've been on this. So I'll give you credit because you've been on this train that you've been consistent about it. So it's not like you, you're, you know, you're wishy-washy. You, you've never been sold on Wilson, so I'll give you credit for being consistently on that train. Here's the thing, though. Like if if the if the fear in starting Mike White is you know the worst case scenario winning two of your first games, then I think like I just have a problem with the organization's philosophy because I I've never been able to subscribe to the theory that winning is somehow losing. If you go two and two through your first four games against the AFC North and the schedule is brutal to start, like I don't see that being a problem. And, and if you want to have this controversy where the, the fan base is clamoring for Mike White to stay out there, that's something you just got to deal with because Mike White's not your long-term solution at quarterback. But for Robert Sala coming off a year where his team won four games and it was the worst defense in the league, for Joe Douglas, who's now in his third draft and we still haven't seen anything close to a winning season, and the first draft looks like a total failure. Like, winning games has to matter, and if Mike White gives you the best chance to do that, even if it might be, you know, minor controversy with fans clamoring for him to stay in the game, I think you just got to roll with it. I don't know, bro. I think, honestly, that now this might sound like I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth. Me, personally, as soon as Wilson is anywhere, you know, healthy enough that you feel like he can protect himself and not hurt himself, you have to play him. Oh, absolutely. You got to play out this year. And listen, I, you know, at first I was on some like, yeah, they got to win eight games at least, you know, for Salah to sell his program. You know, I, 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 I haven't seen anybody throw a pass anywhere near Source Gardner. I got a feeling that the defense is going to be markedly better this year. Mm-hmm. You have to go out there, and if they have to go, you know, 5-12 and 12 or whatever, and you get the definitive answer, Mm-hmm. Which, like, I didn't even need this. I knew this ahead of time. I, I knew this ahead of time. But if you need to get this definitive answer that this little waist, little hips guy is not going to be the quarterback, you know, in, the, in this in this area of the country that can carry. Listen, bro, he can't, you got to play. Forget about even this house. Play. You got to be on the field. You got to play a full season. And, again, it's another not full season. You're going to have to pivot. At the end of this year, because, you know, I, I'm really so-so a wishy-washy on whether the GM should even get a chance to pick another quarterback. Oh, he won't. Like, this he draft won't. this he last won't. year was Buda. good. 
But he, let's be honest, bro. This was a lot of mistakes, bro. Buddha, he he would not. And and I appreciate the phone call. If Zach Wilson is a question that isn't answered in the affirmative, Joe Douglas is not going to get an opportunity to draft another quarterback. This is his project. This is like at the top of his resume. Did you hit on a quarterback? Because if Zach Wilson is spectacular, and all of a sudden you've got your franchise guy for the next decade, we would ignore how awful that 2020 draft was, where it's Makai uh, Becht and Denzel Mims back-to-back, so far both looking like busts. And I know Mims was fantastic against the fourth stringers. I think Tom Bauer actually played a defensive line for the Giants yesterday. He was at the game. I know Mims was, was great, but... Nothing that we've seen so far through three years would suggest he's going to have any part of of this organization. He's going to have any part of of this offense. It just looks like he's on the way out. But if 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 Joe Douglas hits on Zach, we get we ignore that because you finally have your quarterback. We've been looking for this guy. It feels like my entire life. I'm 29, so three decades we've been looking for this guy and. You know, the older folks would say it's been longer. But if he doesn't hit on him, then, you know, he's drawing dead as the GM. Anthony in the mail truck wants to chop it up. What's up, Anthony? What's up, Ty? How you doing, brother? I'm good, man. What's going on? Good. Um, so to answer, to answer the question that Gordon posed this morning, <clears throat> excuse me, um, I believe that uh, the Jets have such a better future. Um, oh, lay it on me. I want to hear this. this. Is, it would make me feel good. Let I mean, this, this is—I <laughs> got you, bro. This is coming from a Cowboys fan, so there's a little bias here. But you know, I, I watch the Giants. You know, every weekend I watch the Jets every Sunday. You know, because I'm in—I'm in the Jersey area, so I—you know—I get the MetLife games, whatever. So they—they're just two steps ahead of the Giants, and the Giants seem to just be regressing and taking one step back every single year, and ever since. They took Daniel Jones with that sixth pick. I've never been happier, and that's coming from a, a Cowboys fan, obviously. I just—he's never been good, and he played at Duke. Like, what? What starting quarterback you ever seen come out of Duke? <laughs> no, it's you a. You know fa- what I mean? It's, it's just insane. I also have a hot take when we're when we're done discussing the uh, the Giants and the Jets. Well, but when the when think- the Giants draft when, when when it was announced that the Giants. Uh, we're drafting because I was I remember I was here I was working the ESPN's radio draft special and when they announced right. that they were um, drafting Daniel Jones I like my immediate tweet was ha 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 like I could not stop laughing yeah like, it was such an right. aggressively it, bad the, bad it, move in in real time I thought that like there's no way that a bunch of smart people put their heads together and said you know this I is the direction we're going. They make so much money, and and they decide they decide to draft Daniel Jones as a sixth pick in the draft and make him their uh, future quarterback. I, I it just baffles me. Um, now to get to my hot take, and I'm saying it on August 29th. The and this is a baseball hot take. The St. Louis Cardinals are going to be the Braves of last season and win the World Series this year. That's I'll not... leave you with that, Ty. You can talk about that whenever. I appreciate you taking the phone call, brother. Have a good night. You too, man. I love when you call in. And that's actually a take that you know Tom and I uh, talked about, what was it, last Sunday? Because in your mind, like you, you've envisioned 
Albert Pujols getting to 700, winning the title. Now you've got Wainwright, Pujols, and Molina all going out as champions. And not to say they're all retired. Like, we know Pujols is retiring. But just that that trio, you know, what they've meant to not just St. Louis, but what they've meant to baseball, I think it would be incredible for the sport. Oh, 100%. And, Anthony, I'm, a, I'm very happy that I got somebody on board the St. Louis <laughs> Cardinals bandwagon now. Thank you, Anthony, for that uh I'm not really going to call it a hot take because I 100% agree with that. But, yeah, I got the Cardinals going all the way. Yeah, the Card- I mean, it would be a good story. I hope not because there's a, a team that plays here not too far from me in the Bronx that I'm still, you know, not counting out as many people are. And we're going to discuss that, how the panic is just – I mean, people are going crazy. Uh, by the way, the Yankees have tied the game. It was a DJ LeMahieu sacrifice button, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, that led to the Yankees tying it at one run apiece. So it is the bottom of the third inning. But more of the Jets and Giants, which fan base, more optimistic. And I said I was going to lay out the the case for both teams. Uh, took a couple phone calls. We'll do that when we get back. Ty D. Butler, that's Twitter, and also on Instagram, 800-919-3776. Hit us up. Let us know what you're thinking. Jets, Giants fans, which fan base should be more optimistic? More on that in a moment, right here on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. 98.7 ESPN. Talking Jets and Giants, we'll get to some more overall football headlines. Uh, Player rankings coming out, NFL Top 100, uh, just going around the league. But So the case to be made for the Giants being more optimistic going into the season is that it's year one of a rebuild. You've completely overhauled your operation. One way or another, you're going to get a definitive answer on your quarterback and Daniel Jones. And then at the conclusion of the season, I mean, we're marching toward the answer being no, he's not the future. So you're going to be able to come up with a blueprint and a plan to get your new quarterback. Now, how easy is that going to be? It's it's tough because everyone's looking for that franchise quarterback. So it's not like... You could just go out there and say, we need one. You go get him because then it's uh, if you're not in position to just outright draft him, you've got to trade up, you've got to mortgage some some picks, but you do whatever it is to get your quarterback. Then you hope it pans out and you go through what the Jets are now going through, and that's um, trying to find out and evaluate that new quarterback and bringing him into your system. But the thought is, you know, with Joe Shane and Brian Dayball here, these are guys who are respected around the league and present you with a formidable duo needed to go forward and rectify what has been just an atrocity the last couple of years following 2016, 2016 your last postseason appearance. The Giants haven't been above 500 in five seasons. That That's unbelievable. Haven't been above 500 in five seasons. The Giants were winning, you know, first-class organization for Super Bowls. Like for this for this team to not have been over five hundred in five seasons, it's just mind blowing to me. But it's it's year one of your rebuild, so it's not an absolute disaster if it falls apart, because there are still so many corrections that need to be made. I mean, James Bradbury is one of your best players on defense last year. You had to cut him for salary cap purposes, so that just shows you just how much of a, ca- a catastrophe it was in that regard. And you've improved your offensive line. Evan Neal comes in. You've you've brought in um, some some other weapons here. So the hope is that this can can get kickstarted in the right direction. 
But if the worst case scenario unfolds and you're two and fifteen, three and fourteen, at least you're lined up to get your next quarterback, and you have the guys here needed to get him to whatever the level is to be successful. So that's the case to be made for the Giants being more optimistic. It's not about you know playoff or bust. You you don't need the Daniel Jones question to be answered in the affirmative because you're leaning in the direction of him not being the guy anyway. So it's not going to be all that hurtful. It's going to stink because no team wants to be, you know, the, the Lions, the, the Bears, like all you know, teams that are just consistently looking for quarterbacks. The Jets, the Browns all those years. You don't want to get into that treadmill experience where it's every single, you know, every couple of years you're looking for a quarterback. But at least it wouldn't feel that you're that far off from greener pastures because you have guys in here that you believe and trust. Now, I would argue the Brian Dable stuff, like as optimistic as you want to be as a Giant fan, he's never done this job before. We've never seen him as an NFL head coach. So all that we love about him and what he was able to mold Josh Allen to is, is great, all fine and dandy. But it's a different, different level getting to this position where you're now the head coach of everything. And you've got to overlook an entire 53-man roster. It's not just about the offense, but it's all three phases of the game coming together. It's discipline. It's you know motivation. It's being a leader. Game situations. Late game, in-game adjustments. Having the ability to, at any moment, just make that key decision because you you're you're the you know the buck stops with you. So we've never seen him be able to do that. As optimistic as we are, gotta wait to see if if it's gonna turn out right for them. But uh, if you're the Jets, I think overall you feel like your roster is better. So just by that alone, you can have a better season because. You've got weapons, you've got an improved offensive line, and as Buddha alluded to, the defense should be a lot better this year. Carl Lawson coming back, C.J. Mosley maybe who'll be better this year. You've got your your lockdown corner in Sauce Gardner who was just named a starter today, or yesterday it was he was just named the starter. Nice little endorsement deal for him. So you've improved a lot of areas of, of your game that were deficient last year. So I think on paper, the Jets should be a better team, assuming Zach Wilson comes back and he's healthy. But that's the, that's, the, that's the question mark. Is he going to take that next step this year? Is he going to take that next step this year? And now coming off of an injury, you, you become further removed from being top-tier level confident. Here was Robert Sala yesterday on, did he see enough from the first team offense? I thought we got enough work in. The objective was to go out there, get our old line together for the first time, and just go and execute uh, the best way we know. I felt like they moved the ball well. Uh, sloppy turnover from Michael uh, with the fumble, sloppy interception uh, on the uh, with Job. The, you know, just you could see we we're just a little out of sync with the offensive line in terms of the run game and our running backs hitting the hole the way they needed to. And So that part's got to be better, but overall, you could see this was a necessary evil to get these guys out on the football field so they can play together so i mean that's what we have going into week one because all signs point to zach wilson not being available for that you you hope he could come back week two week three but that's not the case and i i just if you're a jet fan you 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 temper your expectations because you're always expecting the worst but then you realize 
Listen, at some point, that's the turnaround. Jets haven't won uh, a September game since 2018. I mean, that's just crazy talk to me. That is insane. Keyshawn uh, Johnson on KJM said the Jets can't start Joe Flacco. He cannot play, man. <laughs> they is behind him. They need to move on and stop messing around with Joe Flacco. See, this yeah, is I where I become very critical of the organization and the people running the organization because Joe Douglas knows better. You know better that Joe Flacco is not like, get another quarterback, man. Mm -hmm. You're trying to reinvent the wheel all over again for no reason. You're bringing him back to life. You can't bring Joe Flacco back to life. There's no way. So he agrees with me. What I said at the top of the show, like, I'm still waiting for someone to make a solid argument. Make the case for me. That Joe Flacco should be starting over Mike White in week one. You just can't do it because he's bad. He's not good anymore. And don't give me he's a Super Bowl winning quarterback. That was a decade ago. We, we are so far removed from that. He, he's a corpse out there. And I'm not pretending Mike White is a game changer. Like he's a guy that teams are going to want to line up to trade three first rounders for. It's just I think he's better than Joe Flacco, and I want to be excited going into next Sunday against Baltimore, a game that, by the way, a couple of weeks ago, or maybe a month or so ago, right, you know, before Zach Wilson got hurt, I was excited because I thought it was a game the Jets could win. Now, don't sleep on Baltimore because they were one of the most disappointing teams in the NFL last year, missing the playoffs. When they were healthy— they got off to an 8-3 and three start. Then injuries rocked them. Lamar Jackson misses the final four games of the season, and it all came apart. The Ravens are going to have a top-five defense this year. Lamar Jackson, I think, because of the motivation of playing for the big-time contract, which he has not received yet, a guy who should very well should have gotten it, He's been an MVP in this league already in his career. He's gotten the Ravens to the playoffs in three of his first four seasons. Should get that long-term contract. Hasn't gotten it yet, so he's playing with a chip on his shoulder. Extra level of motivation. I expect him to ball out this season. I expect the Ravens, with John Harbaugh being one of the five best coaches in all of football, to be a legitimate Super Bowl contender. So, I mean, the Jets really shouldn't be much of a player in this game. I just felt good about with Zach Wilson and, and everyone else having them week one because we've seen, you know, fluky things happen week one. It's week one. Everyone's still coming out of preseason, getting into the fold. It takes about a month for the, the really, really good to great teams to emerge from the pack. We've seen crazy things happen week one. Heck, just last year, the Packers got smoked week one by New Orleans. Then they... Or the one seed in the NFC. So I, I thought week one, if there is ever a time to play the Ravens, a, a team that is going to be great, let's get them week one. Let's let's catch them sleeping. But now with you know Joe Flacco under center, uh, look out. Speaking of look out, Anthony Rizzo, there we go, home run. As Michael K would say, see ya. 2-1 Yankees in the top of the fourth inning. Good to see a, a, a Rizzo side. Rizzo hasn't really looked good since that back injury. And if the Yankees are going to get to the promised land this year, that offense needs to start clicking. And it starts with Judge, but 
Rizzo, Stanton, LeMahieu, Gleyber Torres, those guys all need to be major contributors. Contributors. So big up to Rizzo on the home run there. Yankees up 2-1 in Los Angeles. The Mets are off tonight. Start a three-game set against the Dodgers tomorrow. But we're talking football, going until midnight. Baseball calls, uh, welcome as well, 800-919-3776. Got to get to these NFL player rankings. I mean, there there are so many things wrong with this list. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that as well. And Bart Scott said something on Bart and Hahn today that drove a lot of people crazy. <laughs> so we'll listen to that as well. Ty Butler right here on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. saw on social media bad bunny concert absolutely and i'm honestly uh i'm kind of mad i didn't make enough to uh bottom tickets because uh 700 for the 300 section at yankee stadium is almost a little excessive come on but you got the plugs i i know you your your background I, i'm i i saw some people some former co-workers of yours on instagram posing for you know selfies so it feels like if you were on this maybe a little earlier you could have gotten in there with them i mean I, i'm gonna be honest with you I did see those same people with those plugs, and I'm just going to be honest and say I am not those guys. <laughs> I, I am not at that level where I can just request tickets and people have it on standby for me. Here's what I don't understand. and We were talking about this before the show, Tom included. Like if, like when you people go to concerts and they're filling up their story with like 25-plus slides of what's happening at this event as the Angels tie on a home run, like, do you actually sit there and think we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna sit up there for five minutes and go through every single slide of this story and consume that? You're just getting passed by. That's getting skipped. Why do we have to see the entire concert on your story? I don't get it. See, I had a buddy of mine went to like a classic rock concert. I think it was at City Field like a few months ago, and it took me legitimately 15 minutes to go through his Snapchat story. Just from that concert alone. I mean, he pretty much gave me a free ticket to that show. But why would you sit there for 15 minutes and watch that? I had nothing better to do at, like, <laughs> 2 o'clock in the morning. Nothing better to do at 2 o'clock in the morning? How about you go to sleep? <laughs> I couldn't. <laughs> but, I mean, all over, yo, yo, it's 25, 30 stories deep of this. And I get it. Yo, I love Bad Bunny. I can't say I understand everything he's saying, but he's a dope artist. He's the Spanish Drake right now. He's, he's taking over the world. He, the, his impact on the industry is magnificent. I would love to go to a Bad Bunny concert. I really enjoy his music. But one thing I'm not going to do if I'm at a Bad Bunny concert is give you you know, 30 minutes of, of content on my Instagram story. Just can't do it. Yeah, I mean, I'm not... Those type of stories I skip over or I'm muting you the next time I see you pop up. Like, I, I just... Those type of people, I can't. Might as well just go live at that what's point. The lo- so what's the maximum for you that you can tap through and like actually consume it? What's the maximum? Now, if if you're doing, let's see, one full song and you're throwing like ten snaps, I'm already I'm already <laughs> fed up. You would, you would need at least two snaps in one spot. So let's say you go to a concert, you go to a club after that, you're at dinner. That's a that's at least six snaps you could do. If you do more than that for those three spots, I'm already over you. And do we need to see your entire night? Like part of your night could just be to you. Like you could have it. Like some of the cool stuff we want to share with the with the audience, I get it. Like you you want to come across as whatever the intention is, you you want to display that. I'm cool with it. But we got to see every single thing that happened that night. 
over the course of, you know, time sitting in for 15 minutes watching a concert that he didn't have tickets to, which, by the way, um, they're going to start making y'all <laughs> put y'all phones away. You can't put the whole concert on Instagram and Snapchat and Twitter. You got to pay for that. These are some exclusive. You said $300 for $700, would you say? So when I looked on, I think it was Saturday night going into Sunday uh, for that concert, uh, I want to say it was between five and seven hundred dollars yeah. for uh, like the three and two hundred section, and yeah, I was just I'm like, good. I can't do it. I think floor seats was going even for like fourteen, and I was like, yeah, uh, not that. I got to yeah. pay rent this month. <laughs> can't do it. Can't do it. Uh, coming up, hour number two, we'll talk some some NBA in addition to more on the Jets and Giants baseball as well Yankees and Angels tied it to a piece one more hour coming up on the Ty Butler show right here on 987 ESPN this is the Ty Butler show on 98.7 ESPN